The Midwest Angler Podcast. And welcome back to episode number four of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Matt Deitch. And I am Scott Sturman. Uh, we got a good show for you tonight. Uh, we're talking about, we finally got on the ice. You know, finally. We are able to get over to Okaboji on Saturday. Going to kind of give you a summary of how that went. We're going to talk about some different types of baits that we like to use throughout the year. And at the end, we got a special segment tonight where I'm going to ask Scott a question and he's going to ask me one that we have no idea what the questions are yet. So we're just going to have to answer them kind of on the fly. So as far as our Okaboji trip this last Saturday, you know, it was it was tough. It was a tough bite. Um, I went over there a little earlier than you did, Scott, and we drilled a lot of holes and hopped around and stuff like that. We tried shallow. We tried deep. It was just kind of tough finding some of those fish. Yep. Yeah, I, I had to pull dad duty in the morning, stepdad duty, uh, went over to Aubrey's basketball game. I got over there a little bit afternoon, and you guys had been there for a while. And, uh, yeah, when I got there, you guys were away from the pack, and, and that was one thing, you know, I think, uh, you know, you don't got to compete with all the other guys out there. But uh, it did seem like when we got away from them a little bit is when we did start seeing a few more fish. I yeah. mean, the ice is still not – real thick i mean i we were probably on anywhere from six to eight inches of ice but i mean further out in the lake you could definitely tell that it wasn't safe to be out there so everybody kind of was staying close to shore and so we just kind of got away from them from like not definitely not necessarily out further just kind of away from everybody to the side and then yeah like you said it seemed like we started seeing more fish when we did that yep no, there was there was some really nice bluegills down there, you know. Oh yeah, they did the old. I always like to call it the old Okaboji back shuffle, where they come flying in like they're going to commit, and you're just like, oh yeah, here we go, and you're just kind of sitting there, sitting there, and they get right up to it. They kind of just bump it, or they just kind of mouth it, reverse, it and boom, yep, out they go. And then it always seems like you'll be sitting there, and you'll have a nice school underneath of you. Then pretty soon they all scatter, and here comes that northern swimming through the hole. Yep, that's right. No, I, uh, yeah, we had a lot of, I, well, I, I can't say a lot, but I mean, we, we saw the fish, we saw Northern, we saw bass, we saw bluegills and yeah, they, they really would come up and, you know, they, they'd sit half inch away from your jig and, and kind of open up their mouth and, you know, kind of suck a little bit, but it wasn't enough to suck the, suck the jig in, but yeah. And it seemed like, you know, they're doing that a lot with the soft plastics, at least that I was using, but you seem to be having a little bit more luck with a wax worm. Yeah. And, and that's just something, you know, I always, always use wax worms. I, I, I want to start using more plastics. You know, I like that. I don't have to switch, you know, put new wax worms on all the time, but you know, just something in me, you know, ever since I was a little kid fishing with grandpa, he, he always bought wax worms and I've just always had more confidence with wax worms. So, you know, I keep going back to them. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, they catch fish. That's why, I mean, we don't really get out and get like wigglers a lot. And I think one of these times, maybe we need to get some of those or some spikes yep. and, you yep. know, try those if Red. maybe that's, you know, maybe that can be the key to just, it, it's just little tweaks that we got to, that we try to figure out like what we're doing wrong because the fish are reacting to something we're obviously not doing the right way or doing the wrong way so we got to try to figure out how to get those things to commit to bite yep 
Yeah, well, when I got over there, we were in, what, eight to nine foot of water, uh, sight yeah. fishing there on, on Emerson, on West Okoboji. That's that's really nice. And, uh, yeah, I was using a small, well, I started using a small black custom jigs and spins check-eye jig with one waxworm on it. And, yeah, what, what were you using check-eye jig also? or I had a 13 Dougie jig with a 13 sneak plastic and I mean, they were coming in and like I said, they were grabbing it, but they just wouldn't fully commit. It'd be like, okay, they just need to open up that mouth and inhale one more time or it's going to be, they're going to spit it out. Well, and most times it was, they spit it out. I mean, if I would have set the hook, I would have just pulled it out of their mouth anyways. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We, we ended up getting a few bluegills and, and a couple largemouth bass. Ramsey caught a couple bluegills and I, did Ramsey get a bass before no, I got there? No, no, he didn't. But no. I mean, I mean, all in all, it was it was just nice to be back out on the oh, ice. Yeah. I mean, we've been we've had that itch for a long time, so it was kind of nice to be able to get out there and scratch it. I mean, and there was it was fairly busy. I mean, I thought it might have been a little busier than what it was, but there was people like there was quite a few people when we got there, but they all kind of started to leave. It didn't really look like a lot of people were having good luck. I mean, I saw some pictures online. That there was a few people that, I mean, that found the fish and got them to commit and bite. But, I mean, we just, I mean, we tried yep. and it just didn't happen for us. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. I, yep. Yeah, later around 3.30, we ended up picking up and moving over to East Okoboji. And we were the only ones on the lake over there. And Yeah, that we could see, just us and the geese. Yep. Oh, lots of geese. But, yeah, and, and actually that, I was expecting that ice to be a lot better than what it really was. I mean. Yeah, no, that was not it was not great we, i mean we had you know close to shore we got out there and just drilled our way out and you know we probably had anywhere from eight to ten inches close to shore but as we got out there further you could definitely see some discoloration in the ice and you could see where the slush pockets were and everything like yep, that yep when i got out there a ways you know we were off a of lone tree point and there's always seems to be pressure cracks and everything off lone tree point but yeah when when we got out there uh we definitely found some slushy ice and yeah it's always kind of it's always kind of weird when you start to drill your hole and you're going and you go about two inches all of a sudden it kind of gives way like you're all the way through and you're just like uh it makes you kind of stop <laughs> for a second and just kind of check yourself pucker up a little yep and then all of a sudden it's like whoa, whoa, whoa and you just keep on drilling down it's like whoo i'm glad that there's more ice down there yep but yeah i mean well, we caught one little perch there had a few other hits we marked some fish but it just didn't seem like they fully really wanted to commit to anything yeah it, it, it definitely wasn't good i mean but you know we talk about it all the time that kind of makes us appreciate the trip you know the good trips where you go out there and you hammer fish i mean you got to have those trips where you know you struggle a little bit i mean but because it's a learning thing it's the next time i mean we talked about it a lot on the way home like we reflected on the day of man you know we just didn't what did we do that we needed to change what were the fish how are the fish responding how do we need to respond to it the next time yep i mean a lot of times i think i think a lot of people will just bite. oh fish just weren't biting and it's just like well you know they'll, they'll bite fish will bite you just got to try to get to figure out a way how to do that yep and and i mean i i feel like we were pretty mobile uh, you know, maybe we should have ventured a little bit farther and in, in different directions, but yeah, when, when the ice, when, when you're a little unsure on the ice, you know, you don't want to adventure too far, you know, there in Emerson, there was kind of, uh, 
a little bit farther out, there was a spot where the snow had almost drifted up or something like that. And no one was going over that and farther out. So I wasn't going to be the first one to go out there. So <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. And it seemed like we kind of were finding the fish. We, we fished some hard bottom. We fished over weeds. It seemed like right on that transition is where we yep. kind of saw the most, the majority of the fish and the ones that were willing to bite. Yep. I mean, the ones that we were sitting on the weeds, it seemed like they were a little bit smaller fish. And that's kind of where the other fish were, you know, kind of cruising back and forth there, like the predatory fish, like the northerns and the bass i mean you caught a couple i mean you caught a couple decent largemouth bass yeah yeah that one uh that i caught that first one i he, he definitely looked bigger when he was down in the hole i i thought oh, oh yeah. boy here's here's something but yeah i'd you know it's probably 16 inches yeah you know, 15 inches maybe yeah it definitely something nice to tug on the other end of the line yep. to get this season started off with i, I was all right with it i mean and, you know that kind of you know the largemouth bass is kind of a you know, kind of an overlooked species during the winter. A lot of people kind of look at them like, man, you know, it's like, oh, I caught a largemouth bass. Oh, it's just a bass. I mean, a 16-inch largemouth bass On light tackle. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun thing to catch, and at least it's something. You're catching something. I mean, yeah, we are target. We were targeting bluegills, but we're, we're not going to pull the jig away from anything that wants to bite. Yeah, we're not prejudiced when it comes to fishing. Exactly, that, especially on a slow day like it was. You mean... If you're willing to grab on, we're going to try to give you a ride. Yep. It, I was talking to a guy at work about it today. You know, it, it is crazy when you, you know, hook a largemouth bass in the summertime and they're flying out of the water and, you know, they're getting wild and, you know, putting up a heck of a fight. And, you know, you catch them on light tackle through the ice and, you know, I, I won't say that it doesn't put up a fight, but it's not a ton more than, you know, a big bluegill or um, something. You know, no. it, 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 it's really kind of crazy. Yeah, it's just that cold water that, you know, kind of got them lethargic a, a little bit. So, obviously, they are they can't jump. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, I think they're definitely more of a warm-weather fish, you know, yeah, down in it, Florida, Texas. they That's where the chunks come from. And, you know, and it is fun. That's the fun thing about fishing at Okaboji. It's the fun thing and the frustrating thing. I, I get frustrated some. I'll admit it. I got frustrated, a little flustered on Saturday because of the sight fishing deal. Because, I mean, you can see them down there. And it's just like you're you're trying so hard. It's like, do I jig more? So you start jigging more. Then all of a sudden they kind of stop and they're hesitant. So you, you just stop dead. And all snakes start to come forward a little bit. And then it's just... It's really trying to get, you know, little things like how you're, you were talking about on the way home about your line tie. Yep. Yep. I, I really try on that check eye jig to make sure that, you know, my, my bait sits at a 90 degree angle from, from my line. And, uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that it's not spinning when you're jigging, you know, a, a little bit of spin, a little bit of action isn't bad, but you know, yeah, you really, you really got to be careful, you know, that when, when that fish comes up, if you start jigging really light, that it doesn't start, doesn't start spinning because they're going to be out of there. But, you know, when, once you, when, when you're sight fishing like that, you can kind of tell, you know, you know, if, if I jig a little bit lighter, it kind of spins this way. If I jig a little bit heavier, it goes the other way. And I really try to, you know, whatever way that fish is coming in from, I really try to flip my wax worm around that way so that when they do come in if they do bite i can set the hook you know nothing's more frustrating than when it comes and bites the jig head and, oh. and your hook's sitting out and <laughs> that happened a couple of times for oh, me oh yeah 
Yeah, that is frustrating. You know, and you know, one thing that I think that you utilize, I mean, we've talked about it before, is the new craze is kind of the longer rods for like hole hopping, so you're not bent down all the time. But you, you kind of like to utilize a short rod when you're sight fishing like that, and it seems like it does it give you more control over that jig do you feel i i feel so you know i i fish a lot with a 13 white noise in an 18 inch uh rod uh ultralight and yeah i just feel like with that tungsten you know i just barely have to flick my wrist just a little bit and i get good action on that jig and you know as soon as they come in when I'm not sight fishing, you know, if I'm over on East catching yellow bass or something like that, you know, when, when something comes in on my Vexlar and, you know, it merges with my jig on, on the flasher, I, I immediately shift my focus down to, you know, my rod tip and, you know, just the little vibration on the end of my rod tip, when I see that just go flat, like there's, you know, no vibration there anymore. I know I set my hook and, I set my hook a lot. Hook sets are free. Oh, you might I, as well use them. You know, I mean, if I'm out there yellow bassing, I, you know, I'll miss fish, you know, 10, 15 times before I actually catch one. But the one thing about them yellow bass, I think it almost triggers them more when, you oh, know, yeah. when that bait you, is flying around and, you know, they you can't get to it. Moving. Yep. I, I don't know. I, that, that's really what's worked for me. I, I bought a new 18 inch rod from Glacial Lakes Outdoors and, uh, I didn't catch a fish on it this weekend. That was really kind of my goal, but I didn't have it rigged up when I got out there. So I was rigging it up in between time and yeah, it just, it didn't work. But yeah, I, I really prefer the shorter rods. It's just something that I feel comfortable with. I have, I have confidence in it. So that's what I do. Yeah. It is all about the confidence. If you have confidence in something like that, I mean, that's what you should look for when you're getting equipment. It's not just saying like, oh, this person, just because this person says they love using it doesn't mean that you're going to love using it. Yep, I mean, that's you right. might get that rod in your hand and you might get it out there. And this is any type, any time of the year. And it just doesn't feel right. You yep. know, it just doesn't, you know, in your hands, it just doesn't feel right. I mean, just because it's the popular thing that everybody is using and, oh, you need to use this. You're not going to catch fish if you don't use it. That's not necessarily. It doesn't have to be the most expensive rod. It doesn't have to be, you know, this or that. It's just what is comfortable for you is what it yep. should be about. Well, I bought a JT Panhandler last year, and, and I'm not going to knock JT rods. It was a good quality rod, and, and I bought it, and, you know, I was so sure I was going to light the world on fire with that rod. And I got out there, and I jigged a few times with it, and, you know, it just wasn't what I was used to. And I, I honestly, I, I sold it, and I sold it to a kid, you know, from – here in Lyon County. And, and I think he loves it. It wasn't for me. It is for him. You know, yeah, you, you got to do what you're comfortable with, what you have confidence in. And yeah, that's, that's what it is. Well, that's exactly right. That's why when you, you know, you go in there, you buy new equipment and you, you did get your hands on it. I mean, test it out in the store, you know, see how it feels. I know you can't get the hundred percent feel of like whether you're ice fishing, how is it going to feel with this jig on it or with this reel paired with it? But, I mean, get it in your hands and feel it. Don't just go with the popular thing. Yep. But, you know, yeah, it was, like I said, it was just nice to hear the augers, hear the sleds, oh, yeah. the cleats on the ice and everything like that. Uh, it was it was a warm day. I fired up the heater just because I wanted to smell, smell it. the propane. I <laughs> yeah. know. It's Woo! just like, just to get that. It's kind of funny. I got home the other day and the wife 
my wife Emily had been up in Sioux Falls shopping and she had bought some new soap and she's like well I bought this one specially for you and it was called like frozen lake or something like that so I got to thinking I was like man what does this frozen lake soap smell like does it smell like propane with a combination of wax worms and <laughs> exhaust yep. from the augers I mean what is it what is it what is frozen lake what what is their definition of how yeah. that smells you i know? got a feeling your definition of frozen lake and yankee candles definition of frozen lake just aren't the are, same uh, no no, no they i don't just, understand i'm not ever going to be a hand soap maker i suppose just a user well if podcasting doesn't work out maybe hand soap is our thing yeah maybe it is you know i never know i guess i could come up with some pretty good uh <laughs> You know, maybe tree stand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, going into Saturday, we, like we said, we just wanted to get out there, get the rods out, get the ice rods in the hands again, get out there jigging. It's, it's kind of making that transition into it. It kind of felt, it felt good to have the short rods in your hand again, oh, yeah. out there with the light tackle, yep. the, you know, the tungsten jigs and yeah, so from here on out, we're looking forward to it. Like you said, it was a nice day out there. It was like 40 degrees yep. out there in your sweatshirt, running around, not having to have gloves on. It's just so, it's nice not having to wear gloves and you can run around and whole hop. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the wind wind picked up at the end of the night. It, it did it, get, it a get chilly. chilly towards the night, end yep. of the night. Yeah, but it was just nice to hear that hum of the Vexlars again. Oh, know, yeah. Just getting out there with your flashers. You know, and we talked about it already a little bit, Scott. You know, the difference between live bait and plastics. It seems like some days. It's like they won't bite on live bait. They don't want to touch it. And then some days it's just like that's all they want. They don't want a soft plastic. Um, out of those two, you know, what, which one do you would you say you prefer more? I'm definitely uh, when when it comes to ice fishing, um, I'm wax worms all all the way. I, you know, like on Saturday, I I think I had one little plastic. That was on a jig that I had rigged up last year, and, and it just happened to be in my jig box. But otherwise, I I didn't even bring any plastics along. I, you know, I I don't know when it comes to jigging. I I feel like the scent that a waxworm, you know, the the juice that comes out of it. You know, if you are gonna get a fish that comes up, you know, I think it's gonna. I I, I think that scent. You know, in my head, this is the way I play it out. That you know, that scent is going to be what triggers them. You know, I know some plastics are infused with some scents and whatnot, but I, and maybe it's, it's, it's the same. It's still just not the same as the real yeah. thing sometimes. Yep. That, and that's just the way I feel. I've never really been one that uses minnows a whole lot, uh, you know, but then switch to summertime fishing. And, you know, again, I don't really use minnows. I don't really use night crawlers. I'm almost all artificial bait in, in the, summertime and you know in the wintertime i'm basically all jigs and wax worms you know even if i'm gonna jig a spoon and whatnot i i like to put wax worms on that and you know i like a minnow head or a full minnow yeah yep and and you know i know i've i've used minnow heads last year up on ponset and they really worked but the the wax worms were working that that weekend too you know yeah i i don't know what about you well you know i think well, I'm definitely a big artificial guy. Uh, I've tried to get into it more during the winter. Like you said, I used to always be pretty much live bait. But with the companies coming out with more and more options as far as plastics go during the winter time, it, it's it's a lot more convenient. I don't have to, like you said earlier, I don't have to 
ever after a fish you just got to make sure that it's kind of sitting on there straight and you're back down there fishing i mean you can unhook fish let it go or if you're going to keep it throw it on the ice and you're back down there fishing and sometimes that's that's a big key like especially perch fishing when you have a school down underneath of you the faster you can get it back down there the better chance that you have of catching another one so you know like the convenience of it i mean it's tough you know when you think about minnows keeping minnows alive yep i mean it's that convenience it's i don't i don't have an aerated cooler or anything like that to keep minnows so at the end of the day it's just like well I, i look at it like i go out there and buy a dozen minnows if i don't know that for sure that it's a minnow bite it's like, well, now I got to throw them away, right? Because it's it's hard to keep those alive. You know, the wax worms, things like that. Those are a little bit easier. You can bring them home. You can put them in a refrigerator. Even though sometimes your spouse might not enjoy opening up the <laughs> fridge and seeing the canister of them sitting there, so you kind of try to put them in a plastic bag and oh, all that. That's butter. That's yeah, butter. Well, well, yeah. Don't don't. <laughs> that's no snack. Don't be using that. So. You know, things like that play a big role into it. Yep. And there's a lot of companies coming out with, you know, new baits. Uh, they, they're they mummifying uh, yeah, waxworms yeah. now, you know, injecting some goofy colors in them. And, and another thing is that new beaver tail bait. You know, they're actually That's... taking the meat out of a beaver tail, slicing it up into waxworm-sized chunks of meat and you know i think a lot of guys are having some good success with them i bought some i bought some and last year out kayak fishing me and ramsey used some when we were jigging for uh jigging for bluegills i did not have success that day with them but we weren't really catching much of anything so you know i I won't blame it on those i'll definitely give them a second chance i just haven't yet yeah and i think their big sell on there on that is that you can catch many many fish on one little piece of it yep and, and if you can do that it it's nice because you can you're more efficient you can fish faster you can have your lure down there in the strike zone a lot longer things like that just little uh, that makes a big difference in a day of fishing it's it, it's tough stuff you know like even when we were done fishing at the end of the day to try to pull it off of your hook yeah you know it it got caught on the barb and i mean it it's it's tough stuff it's not like a small chunk of steak it's a totally different texture and and you know there too you know like i was talking with the waxworms it's got that juice you know it's got natural juice yeah it's kind of got that scent that you talk about that scent trail that puts it in the water and at least you know with the way the fur prices are at least getting some type of use out of the beavers that you're (laughs) catching that's true um but yeah you know and as far as like summer fishing goes i'm i'm big soft plastic guy i I always have a jig and plastic tied on it doesn't matter where i'm at it seems like i have again with that confidence thing i have confidence in it i love throwing zoom flukes on a quarter ounce or an eighth ounce jig and i there's times where i'll go somewhere and i'll be fishing a different way and i'm like what am i doing it's like i'm gonna get my jig rod out put that on there and i'm gonna try catching them this way because i have confidence in that bait and but they're there there too i'm trying to get more comfortable with using some more live bait during the summertime i really want to start fishing walleyes with like big chubs yep especially like towards the fall or even in summertime too they work great but just you know bigger minnows bigger chubs like that to try to catch some bigger fish yep so and you know night crawlers they have their time and place 
one thing I don't like about night crawlers is just how messy they are. Oh yeah, you, you know, in the boat, yep, you can have a pretty big mess after the day. But you know, if 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 it's a night crawler bite, I'm gonna bring night crawlers oh, yeah. and try yep. to catch night, them. And, night crawlers is it, and it's always fun too. I'm I enjoy throwing some leeches on sometimes too, throwing slip bobbers out there. It's a fun way to fish. Oh yeah, it's an easy way. Like if you got some people come along, if you can get on a good slip bobber bite with. You know, whether it be leeches or minnows or anything like that, or even night crawlers, it's it's a fun way for a lot of action, and anybody can really do it. Yep. Yeah, you take your kids fishing, take people that you know don't aren't aren't familiar with you know tossing tossing jigs, you know, slip yep. bobbers are it's, pretty easy. Yep. I did it a few years ago, actually quite a few years now. Uh, Toby Lorenzen and I, I brought him over to Spirit Lake and. Yeah, we hammered walleyes all day long on slip bobbers. It was just a ton of fun. You've you know? never had that type of luck with Dan Snyder, have you? No, not Dan Snyder. Every time he comes along, we don't do real well. Oh, weird. And then he then he blames me that I put him in the back of the boat and I you know, I back of the boat him. I don't give him any spots at any of the good stuff, but I think it's just because he can't catch fish. Yeah, kinda like coyote shooting. <laughs> Yeah, he's getting there, though. <laughs> he got one. He got one. That's right. Curse is broke. So, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, it was a good weekend. Yep. Got out there on the ice. Yep. Looking forward to the next trip now. Tight lines, and, yeah, it was. Yeah, hopefully we'll head up to, you know, head up, get a trip going here in South Dakota. I know here, not this week, but the following week, Emily and I are going to go up in the Alexandria area. Stay up there. Have you ever ice fished up there before? I've never ice fished up in that area, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, like I, I've talked about it before. We've spent a couple weeks up there during the summer. I'm really looking forward to giving it a go ice fishing. She's going to go off and ski. I think if they have snow up there, I'm. Sure, I don't know what the, what it's like up there right now, but yeah, I'm going to go and do some ice fishing and hopefully hit up a few lakes up there. Right on. Yeah, I mean, so now here comes that special segment of the show tonight uh we're gonna ask each other a question totally unscripted we don't know what we're gonna ask each other well we know what we're gonna ask but the scott doesn't know what i'm gonna ask him and i don't know what he's gonna ask me scott do you want to go first or do you uh, want me to go first i'll go first just in case we happen to have the same question then i don't look dumb and then i have well you don't look anything online you just sound dumb <laughs> yeah that's the beauty of this <laughs> <laughs> all right all right, so this is a two-part question. Two-parter. Two-parter. Do I have to answer it in the form of a question like Jeopardy? <laughs> yeah. You're yep. going to do your best Alex Trebek. All right, Matt, what are your two favorite species of fish to catch? My two favorite species of fish to catch. Well, I've always been kind of a bass guy. So I really enjoy catching bass. Um, it really doesn't matter if it's largemouth or smallmouth. I mean, there's nothing better than flipping up into the reeds and, you know, feeling that thunk of a largemouth and setting that hook and ripping it out of there. Same way it's, I love drop shotting for bass, for smallmouths. It's a lot of fun. You got that line down there. Oh, yeah. Pretty soon you just feel that little tick and you set that hook and that rod bends over. But I'm slowly, slowly walleyes are really starting to catch up to all that stuff and i'm really really starting to enjoy the walleye fishing a lot more so i'd have to say bass and walleye are probably my two top favorite fish all right bass and walleye so now with that if you could only catch one of those and you'll never be able to catch the other one which would be it and why Uh, it's a walleye i think i would pick walleye as my one that i would 
want to keep catching because it, keep. it because um, I've gotten a lot better at it the last few years. You can catch them a variety of ways in a variety of places. Yep. Um, I just I just feel like my confidence with walleye fishing is starting to grow more and more and. Yeah, like I said, you can go out there, you can troll for them and catch them trolling. You can go out and pitch jigs and catch them that way. Uh, you can, yeah, there's just, you can slip bobber for them. Uh, yeah, and they're all over. You know, you and you can eat them. And you can, yeah, and, they, and they're tasty. I mean, not that you can't keep bass and eat them, but, you know, walleye is more of a fish that people... More can, acceptable to yeah, keep. Yeah, more acceptable to keep and eat. Just... Just for that fact, and you're starting to see more walleye tournaments starting become more and more popular, and I just think it that's one reason I've always enjoyed the bass fishing part of it is because of like the tournaments and all that stuff. But yep. now you're starting to see more and more walleye tournaments, and you know I'd like to fish a few more of those. And yeah, I just really walleye is something that's really taken over for me the last few years. Yep. So yeah, that's a good question. I wasn't expecting that one. Well, I'd, so you know, I've had 24 kind of, hours to think about it's it. It's kind so. of deep <laughs> in a way. I was like, wow. Like that second part of it, I was just, I was like, wow, Scott's really, this is deep thinking with Scott. Maybe that's the next podcast you could start. Deep thinking with Scott. Deep thinking. With Scott. All right. My question for you. What's the, if you're going on an ice fishing trip, whether it be a, we'll just say it's a day trip. What's the one piece of equipment that you, if you forgot at home, that you'd be like, ah, I'm turning around. I'm not, I'm not going. I, I can't fish today. And it, and I'm not talking like obviously an auger. People are like, well, you need an auger to fish. Well, yeah, obviously you need an auger to ice fish to drill a hole. But, I mean, what's that one piece of equipment that you, 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 you can't fish without? I gotta have it. I, I think that would be my Vexlar. I, uh, you know, for a lot of years before before uh i had a vexlar my brother had a vexlar i told him oh, we, you don't need a vexlar you know you know you i i can catch them without and i did you know i i caught fish without it but you know and i guess it's one thing if you're out on west okaboji and you can sit you know in one of the bays and sight fish but yeah otherwise it would definitely be my vexlar if if i'm in a spot where i can't sight fish i i've just gotten so used to you know, looking at that and, you know, fishing that style of fishing with looking at my Vexlar. I guess if it wasn't that, it would definitely be my black check eye jig. Yep. Uh, I, that, I. You've caught a lot of fish on it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if it's been two, three years ago. I bought a black check eye jig with the glow dots on it and that is my jig i mean if you look in my jig box i've got you know two you know two orange ones two gold ones two whatever and the black check eye jigs i think i've got 15 of them in it, there and it doesn't matter where we go that's the first thing down the hole oh no you. matter and, what and actually now for a lot of us it is yeah i, <laughs> I mean it's been very successful ever since i started catching fish on it you know i've gone and told it on the mountain and you know there's there's no doubt in my mind that that is the best jig and, and i i don't know well you, like again that's the one you have confidence in it's the one you've had success in 
in multiple places. Oh yeah, you yep. know that's a big thing about it is it's not like you just go to one spot and you're always catching them on that. It's like oh okay, and then you go to a different spot and you're not catching anything on it. You catch fish no matter where you go when you use that. It seems. Yep, like. yep. East Okaboji, West Okaboji, Lake Bahoya, Lake Ponset. I've I've done really good always using that jig, and you know even even on walleyes, you know I think people, you know think that a walleye oh you know big walleye isn't going to bite that little jig i've i've had it plenty of times where i've caught big fish on you know that little jig do you have any of the bigger like the biggest size they make like that for like walleyes or anything like that no i don't i i always use the the same size i think it's a three millimeter or something like that 3.5 or something yeah and that's that's just what i use and yeah yeah and then, you know, as far as that Vexlar goes, it does, it, 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 well, you know, the flasher, I guess it's not just Vexlar, it could be right, about anything, right. any type of those flashers or, you know, screens, it, it, it makes a huge difference. Yep. You know, I used to be that way too. I used to be the guy that I never, growing up, we never had those. We just go and we'd fish, you know, watch, watch your bobber down the hole, you know, jig it every once in a while. But when I, finally, when I broke down and bought one, it it changed everything it was like wow well and at least then you know you know like hey i'm on fish you know if, well, if not you sit o- not only this- not only that but just for purposes it's nice knowing that there's fish down there i mean it keeps you fishing it keeps you working trying different things but just to know like the depth right you know you're going out there you're drilling it's like oh this hole is you know it's eight foot in this hole and then you only go six seven feet over and you're down to like 12 foot you're just like okay we're kind of yep, on, on a shelf here yep. where this where we need to be and you can this weekend too when we were hole hopping you could see when there was weeds yep down there so it, it shows all that stuff and it helps play a big role definitely yeah so well you know guys it's that's probably going to be it for the night for us hopefully everybody got out there this weekend enjoyed this weather again the ice is still pretty sketchy over in this area, down in this area, wherever you're listening from. So when you're going out there, keep using that safety precautions. Have the ice picks along. Spud bar your way out there if you need to. Don't just throw caution in the wind just because you see people out there. We're going. Yeah. You know, use your heads, but get out there and enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening again. This was episode four of the midwest angler podcast i'm matt deitch scott sturman tight lines guys thank you